Myatt Snyder, Jordan Anderson joining us now here in the Freak Nation. As I mentioned earlier, I've been chasing down these happy bastards for it feels like six years, actually, for about six weeks. We finally we finally got it. Uh, Myatt Snyder running the Xfinity Series. Jordan Anderson is a driver and a team owner. So many things I want to talk to you guys about. But first of all, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Myatt, you shaved your damn face. Now you're growing the beard back. And when you shaved your face, it looked like you were 15. How can a dude that has such a baby face have so much hair uh, on his chin? How'd that work out? Uh, it's. I, I think I can categorize it as uh, supreme laziness because I don't think I shaved since Martinsville the previous year. So uh, that was all the way in. That was all the way in like October or November. So a uh, good like four or five months of just just letting it go out. And so I had the full uh, full Amish mode going. So uh, if I kept it going any longer, we might have had to run the trailer without this trailer without any electricity. Well, again, my, my point is you have a baby face, Myatt. And just, it's incredible that you have this big, burly freaking beard. I don't, it looked as if you, know, you had, you know, went to a costume shop and put it on, but no, that was a legit beard, bro. It's weird because my dad can't really grow a beard. He doesn't really have the beard genes. And so I, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just a freak of nature. <laughs> Ooh, so that makes dad jealous, I would assume. Uh, I don't think he's quite jealous of it. I think it's, uh, his, his beard grows a little slower, so he doesn't have to shave it as often. So, I'm just like, I'd, I've been blessed and cursed with this. Jordan, you're married now. It's been a staunch two weeks, I believe. What about a beard for you? I mean, what's the wife say? Facial hair or no facial hair? Come November, are you going to do the no, the Movember thing? She She's not a fan. You know, I tried to go my route. And uh, after Phoenix last year, the last race of the year, I, I tried to let it go and grow out. For some reason, this area here doesn't grow in, so I had, like, the neck the neck beard going on, and she just wasn't a fan of that. So, I wasn't graced with the uh, the beard gene that Maya got, so I'll keep a shaved face, and she's a little bit more happier with that. So, as long as she's happy, I'll keep it clean shaven, and, and the whole house will be happy. So, I've, I've already learned that note, so we'll keep it that way. <laughs> That's actually more Amish St- than Maya, though. Statman like that. Stat shaking his head. He, know, he, he knows exactly what George is talking about. <laughs> It took me a while. I was long an adult and through with adult beverages by the time I was able to grow a beard. So it was, uh, it was strange. I know when we were on TV, I used to. I tell to, you, uh, it, it's it funny, you know, because we, we were joking about it because my shaved it. And we went and ran Martinsville and, and had a good night there. And then Talladega, you know, got a top 10. So I'm like, man, you're going to have to keep the clean shaven face so it's it's working out for them but uh we've had a whirlwind week i mean talladega was was a big weekend for us you know to come away with a, a top 10 i had a birthday the week before got married uh, a lot of a lot of good things going on so uh we're, we're at dover this weekend hopefully keeping the the momentum rolling but uh, it's been a crazy year it's been a, a fun year you know the first season that we've been able to work together with myatt and bring him on board with us and, and our team is growing i mean it wasn't uh, three, four years ago, we were just getting started in the truck series and now to be running Xfinity every week. It's, it's been exciting, but a lot of things going on. And, and I got to introduce my wife now as, as a co-owner on the team, now, I guess. So it's a whole new chapter of life. <laughs> oh, I'm liking never, that. Ryan, with that kind of resume, you'll never be able to shave again. You, you, you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Jordan's got to have a birthday every week and he's got to get married every week. Well, hold on, though, because you guys are talking about that when we're talking about facial hair or birthdays and weddings and what brings luck on the track. Are you guys, both of you or either one of you, superstitious? Because the lineage of superstitions in racing goes long. Does it apply to you guys? 
I mean, I actually tried a playoff beard last year. Well, I did the opposite. <laughs> I, I, sh- I did a playoff shave. So I, I had a beard all like, I think, all the way up to Bristol last year. And we were actually starting to kind of come into our own and run really good. And then uh, as soon as I shaved it, we had bad luck. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I do need to keep it. Oh, Jordan? Not really. You know, there's there's a few things that I'll, I'm more of a um, a repetition kind of guy. You know, if I've got a good day or a good race or something, I'll, I'll go back and try and do things a certain way. I mean, I, I like my certain things I'll eat for a day or certain things I'll drink or certain things like that. But, uh, you know, uh, you look back at some of the jokes, like you can't have a $50 bill. Well, you know, yeah. both times I ran Daytona and we finished second, I accidentally, somebody gave me a $50 bill and I had one in my wallet both times. No, come on. When I, when I started racing dirt late models, our sponsor was, uh, my hometown forest acres, their colors were white and green. So I had a green dirt late model for two years and we won a lot of races with that thing. So we kind of broke a lot of the, the superstitions. The only thing that I won't let somebody have, and my dad's done it a couple times, he's brought peanuts to the racetrack, and that's a no-go. Like, get those things out of here. That's about the only thing that I that I hold true to is don't don't bring peanuts anywhere around here. Because I think the last three or four times, because my, my dad loves peanuts. We're from South Carolina. He loves boiled peanuts. He goes all over those things. And I think every single time he's brought off the racetrack, he either crashed or blown a motor Dude. or the trailers burn a bearing on the way to the track. I'm like, no more, no more. So that's about the only thing. So when you put your shoes on, either one of you, when you put your shoes on, is it left, right, uh, or right, left? I don't know. I never thought about that one. I just put them on. <laughs> what about you? I haven't ever done that, but I've seen some people who will put one pant leg on and then put the shoe on, and then they'll put one other pant leg on, put the shoe on, and I think that's just insanity. So I don't do that. Holy smokes. i try to add one more to my, my thing to remember and keep up with. There's only so much room up there. Uh, well, the reason I wanted to team you guys up is because, Jordan, you still consider yourself a racer, a driver, but you're also a big time Xfinity Series team owner. So there's got to be a lot of emotions going on. And, and it's maybe it's something that you guys don't necessarily want to talk about. We, but we got to bring it up because I've never had a chance to ask this of somebody as a team owner. When you see your driver on the backstretch of Daytona last lap up in the catch fence, give me your emotions. And then, Matt, uh Share your emotions with me, maybe as it's happening and then after from your perspective of, oh, hell, the car's damaged. Okay, I'm okay. Uh, what's Jordan thinking? I, I just want to hear the array of emotions that went down during that last lap. Yeah, I tell you, that's uh, for me and, and, and Maya will probably, probably say so as well. But um, for me this year, I think that watching him race and seeing him in the pit box has been more stressful than being behind the wheel. Because something about being a race car driver, it's so much of a control thing. Like, you're the one that's that's holding the steering wheel. You're you're in control of what that race car does. And when I'm sitting on the pit box watching him race, it's kind of a helpless feeling because I can't help him. I can't do anything. And I think those last uh, – I think, Kenny, when you actually came by the, the pit box there with, like, 20 to go, I was a nervous wreck. Like, my hands are sitting here, like, shaking because he's three wide in the middle mm-hmm. and there's guys crashing everywhere. And I'm like, oh, please, please don't pick <laughs> this thing up. So, you know, it's definitely a, a crazy feeling. But, yeah, going back to that Daytona deal, we were sitting in the pit box and, you know, he'd done a great job all race. We were sitting, like, fifth place in the last lap. We're in a really good shot because Daytona, I mean, heck, the year before in the truck series, I was 11th of the white flag. He was fifth. So we were still in contention for potentially coming out up front on that deal. But, yeah, it's definitely not a good feeling. You know, the, the first thing you think is hopefully he's all right. And then I see him get out of the car and he walks in and I'm like, 
man, we just lost a, lost a race car. I mean, the rear clip's 100 yards down the racetrack, the motors in turn three, like that thing was, was pretty torn up. But it, it put a lot of things in perspective for me. I mean, I'd never, never been that that position, still a fairly new new owner on this side of things. And, you know, sitting outside the care center while he was, he was in the care center for what, probably about an hour. Uh, definitely an emotional roller coaster for me, but just thankful that our guys built a, a safe race car. Makes you, makes you appreciate, you know, the, the chassis, we get RCR chassis and, We've got, uh, he runs a carbon fiber seat with a pour in it. And, you know, everything on the safety side of things did its job. So, you know, sometimes we forget that uh, racing is still a, a dangerous sport, but, you know, we're very fortunate that things are to the level they are with what NASCAR does on the safety level of things that, you know, we can have crashes like that. And he was back in the race car the next week. And it's like, that's still insane to think about, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're pretty tough on the racing side of things, but uh I don't know. I'm sure you probably probably tired of talking about the Daytona crash. That's got to be like I don't know for for me as a driver. Like I've had some crashes, but like that one there is one that you're gonna be like 70 years old sitting like, hey kid, hey kids, look at this from back in the day. Y'all seen me do this before? No. Um, and I walked away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean. It, it was frustrating for me because you know I just want to get a good finish for the team. You know I. I Starting off the year strong is important. You know, it doesn't define the rest of the year, but it helps to just, you know, get everybody amped up. And, you know, you start off with like a top five or something like that. And it's just, it makes you more hyped for the rest of the year. And so, um, and we were this close from it. So basically what happened is I just got, um, I got two pushes uh, that were too close together. Like the guy behind me was pretty aggressive. And so he pushed me once and got me sideways. And I kind of started to correct it, and then he pushed me again before I could finish correcting it, and that's kind of what got us uh, sent into the fence. And so I spun off the nose of the guy next to me, and then um, I was kind of nose-to-nose with the guy all the way next to the wall. And um, they had a head of steam, so they were pushing me, and that kind of just caused the car to lift up. And um, at that point, I knew that nothing that would happen from there would be any good. So I was like, (laughs) all right, well, here it goes. And, um, oh, and after that, it was just kind of a blur because everything, the, the car caught the fence, it spun around, and then it landed back on the track pretty quickly. Um, and the chassis actually got so twisted up from it that um, when it was sliding to a stop, the left side of the car was on the ground. And I thought it was, once it hit the grass, that it was going to dig in and flip over again. I'm like, please, not again. And um, oh. luckily, it didn't happen again. So come to a stop. I look to my right. Transmission's gone. There's a gaping hole in the car. And I'm like, oh. The motor's gone. I look around me and I'm like, oh, everything's gone but me. So, um, Whoa. and um, I get out and I kind of look at the car and there's not much left of it. And I'm like, all right then. So, um, a funny story I have about everything that followed that was um, my girlfriend has been um, on me to be better about texting her back after the race and letting me know I'm okay if, you know, something happens or just letting her know that I'm fine. And, um, so I'm like, the first thing I thought about after I laid down in the ambulance, um, I was like, I should text her. And so I look over to the paramedic and I was like, Hey, can I see your phone? He was like, he gives me his phone and I'm like, I'm okay. It's my, and so I tried to call my dad, but of course he's not going to pick up some random Daytona beach number. Um, and so I got to see him and luckily I was pretty okay with it because, uh, everything that happened because I knew that I was fine. I knew that, you know, I, my foot was just a little bruised, but, um, luckily I came out of it. Okay. And I was at the race next week, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, really I was more upset that we didn't get to finish the race because we were going to end up like third, fourth or fifth, something mm-hmm. like that. So it's, uh, that's just how racers are. Listening to you talk about the cell phone issue and needing to communicate with your dad, communicate with your girlfriend, 
it just makes me think Brad Keselowski ruined this for everybody. You guys can't carry your cell phones in your fire suits anymore. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you know. I, if, if I had my cell phone with me and that was happening, I would have right. just taken a video and you know, so I could have that for later. Um, He'd be on TikTok climbing out of the car and like, oh, right. sorry. Jordan, as a as a team owner, it's it's fun to watch young team owners, and we're seeing it in the Cup Series in the Xfinity Series. Where back in the day, you didn't have a shot in hell to win a race, but now new owners, uh, Trackhouse, Jordan Anderson. I could go on and on. You guys have a shot to win races and to win championships. I mean, call it racing for freak's sake, taking on the powerhouses. What's been the big difference for owners like yourself that you can compete with those uh, those big guns, whether it's Childress or Hendrick or Stuart Haas? Yeah, I think you're you're starting to see the, the the playing field get leveled out on a lot of different points. So you go starting at the bottom, like a truck series, they came in in 2018 with the Elmore motors. So, you know, no matter whether you're a Chevy, Ford, Toyota, you've got it on that Elmore motor. So that kind of equaled the playing field out there. You come up to the Xfinity series, we run the composite body. So, you know, you may have a different nose or different tail, but every single car out here has got to run this composite body. So it moved away from when we had fabricators making, you know, fenders and doors. And you guys remember the the twisted bodies that they used to run here in the Xfinity series. So we've gotten away from that and moved toward the composite body. And now you see on the Cup Series, they've gone to this next-gen car, which you look at Ross's win last week, that was the same car he won with Dakota. So, you know, to see that kind of, um, you know, movability to run a car at different tracks, you see that a little bit on the Xfinity series. But, you know, you can basically say that you look at a team like, JGR or RCR and you look at our team, you know, we're able to, to, to go buy RCR chassis. We run their chassis. We run ECR motors. We've got the same body they do. So the gap is closed quite a bit. And, and with that gap being closed, it takes down payroll. You know, I don't have to keep a, you know, three or four full-time fabricators on staff because these bodies just, they, they go together a lot easier. So, you know, being able to outsource some of that stuff has certainly brought costs down. It's brought overhead down quite a bit. And we're able to take that money. You typically would have to spend in those areas and we're able to spend it more on, you know, spindles, and, and things that can make more of a difference on how the car handles and, and give mine a better piece. So, you know, we've really tried to stockpile over the last year and a half on, on what we did. And this whole thing started fall, winter of 2020. We made a decision to go Xfinity race, and we started out by buying five cars from RCR. And as the year went on last year and even this year, we bought more. And we're up to running our 18 chassis and bodies that we purchased together to just, just keep building inventory. And, you know, as we work to kind of get our stuff better, we're able to streamline to make sure all the parts are the same. We're able to build some sim uh, engineering software to kind of help our cars better when they unload. So everything that we're doing is working towards trying to be a better and more competitive race team. And, you know, it is crazy. I mean, I still remember coming to Dover in 2018. I drove in here with uh, one truck that I'd run the week before in my dually and gooseneck. So, you know, fast forward four years later, it's kind of crazy to see how much we've grown. But I think it's a perfect example. I think, you know, motorsports as a whole went through a, a, a tough time, you know, 15, 16, 17, you know, across the board. And I think a lot of that was, was you know, bigger picture of the economy. But things have gone pretty well. And I think you look at, a lot of teams, I mean, we're very fortunate that, you know, we've got partners that have stuck with us. Maya's got Tax Slayer, Louisiana Hot Sauce, Superior Essex. We've got the guys from Bomberia Automotive. We've got Lucas Oil. I mean, Lucas has been with me since 2015. They've been with me from day one. So, you know, what makes a, a successful team owners having partners and, and people that stick behind them through the good times and the bad? And, 
you know, from, from day one, having people that have stood behind us and helped us grow this thing is, is what's allowed us to get here. I mean, we all know racing that it's, it's cubic dollars is what makes race cars mm-hmm. faster. And, you know, the more we can invest and, and stay here. I mean, every single year, I feel like our team is getting better. We're getting more competitive. We're adding more depth to our team and both people and our, and our uh, resources. So it's just a process. It doesn't happen overnight, but it has been cool to see, you know, guys like myself and Sam Hunt and Tommy Joe Martins in the Xfinity series, you've got, uh, Justin Marks and with with Trackhouse and the Cup side and, and Matt Collin and those guys. So definitely some new blood coming in and, and you know fortunate to, to be on that wave. So hopefully we can keep it riding. I mean we've we've been close a couple of times this year to, to to getting up there on the on the front row and you know we just got to keep at it. And I think Mike's going to do a, a good job for us the rest of the year. And now that we've got things turned around. We just got to got to keep digging and see where it takes us. Oh, it's definitely coming. The snowplow got in the way in Talladega. I still don't know what the heck was going on there. Hold on, let's show, look, now you bring it up, Crasher. Here okay. you go. Look at that beauty. Oh, check that out. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Seriously, who puts their debris out there like that? Totally. I drove up and down the racetrack doing whatever I could trying to get that thing off. It actually ended up being a good thing because it allowed us to come in and take fuel. Well, and so uh, ah. while everybody else was running out of fuel late in the race. We were we were still way good on uh, ready to go. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jordan Anderson Racing and Snyder uh, Plowing Services uh, ready to go. <laughs> yes. Hey, Jordan referenced earlier about how the motorsports industry needed to really make some changes in the mid-teens of the 2000s, and they did. And IndyCar is seeing a benefit, NASCAR is seeing a benefit, Formula One, holy cow, that's a whole other animal right now. But everybody is starting to climb back up, but with that is the necessity for more change, to just continue to making the product better. Maya, where do you stand on, you know, the talk about we need to shorten races in NASCAR, we need to shorten the season? A lot of people are either on one side or the other. They're not really middle ground. Where do you stand on some of those issues? Well, I actually, I am the middle ground, so I'll help you out here. So um, I think that some cup races should be shorter. Like, you know, I think having having a ton of 500-mile races is, uh, you know, not not truly necessary anymore. But I do think that they should save, you know, the five 600-milers for the big crown jewel stuff. You know, the Coke 600, Southern 500, um, you know, well, it's not the Brickyard 400 anymore, but, um, you know, those, those types of big races, I think those are important to, you know, keep the traditional length. It's really cool to see, you know, just, it, it makes it special too, you know? So, you know, we, you think most, if you, if most races were only 400 miles and then suddenly someone, you know, who's only a casual fan sees a 500 mile race, they might be a little more interested or they see a 600 mile race and they're like, huh, why is it different? And so, yeah, yeah. so I think saving those big big length races for the crown jewel events. I think that's important. And um, yeah, that's just a part of something that NASCAR is going to have to figure out. But I think, you know, they're, they've shown a willingness to make those changes and to try new tracks and try new places. And I think, uh, you know, the sport's on a good curve. Do you like the road courses, adding more road courses to all the schedules throughout NASCAR? Absolutely. I spent um, a full season of doing just road course racing um, a couple of years ago. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's great to showcase that these, that the drivers in NASCAR can do just about anything, you know, um, you know, doing dirt, that's cool. Doing road courses, that's especially cool. So yeah, show, showcasing the talents that we all have, to, you know, to build race cars that can do it and have drivers that can do it. I think that's, uh, that's important. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The dirt thing. This is just, it's driving me crazy. It's been driving me crazy for weeks since pre Bristol when Kyle Busch says, yeah, I agree with Richard Petty. It takes the sport back when we go back to dirt. 
I don't, I totally don't buy into that because I think it just gives it another element and it, it just creates more diversity in and among the sport. That's, that's an exciting factor for fans. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they, um, they, you know, fans see a traditional racetrack and they're like, oh, it's a racetrack. And then they see a dirt track and they're like, oh, that's different. You know, some of these people, yes. you know, may have never seen a dirt track in their life before. So it's, uh, it's especially cool to go to a place, you know, um, I really enjoyed when the truck series went to Eldora. I thought that was really cool. It just, it, it drew so many fans and it just showed people, you know, what NASCAR racing and racing is about in general. And so I just, I think there's, there's still some developments to be made in the, in the whole dirt aspect of NASCAR, but I think, uh, you know, NASCAR is trying to make it work. Jordan as a team owner. Do you like, uh, the fact that you've got to prepare a car or eventually prepare a car to run on the dirt? It, uh, it does not hurt my feelings right now that the doesn't race on dirt because I went through that. I went, uh, we ran three years in the truck series. We had, you know, Eldora and then we had Knoxville last year and the Bristol race. And there's, uh, there's only been a handful of times where I've had to basically jump an entire race car. And, and pretty much after every dirt race, you're just like, all right, let's pull the seat out, the motor out, the fuel cell out and ship it to the junkyard. So it's, uh, it's, if you have enough inventory, dirt racing, you love it, but when you're down on inventory and you basically scrap a car, it's a little rough. But you know, like we said, I give it to NASCAR that next gen race at, at Bristol. They figured out how to get the track to, to where it was taking a little bit of rubber. The cars seemed to handle well. I mean, heck, you watch that truck race at Bristol. That's the first time in history every truck finished a race. Whoa. So I think they're starting to figure out how to do these dirt races because, as you guys know, there's so much that goes into dirt racing with how you prep the racetrack. And I think that first year they went to Bristol, the track was just way too soupy. There's too much water on there. And they kind of figured out a happy medium to where, you know, we could actually see where the guys are going and there's not mud everywhere. And they kind of found that balance. So like you said, I think the more that we do this stuff and we think outside the box, it'll be better. And, you know, you look back to, to what happened with COVID two years ago, getting rid of practice. I mean, we used to show up and we'd be practicing for hours upon hours and just chewing up tires and time on the motors and, you know, that's brought the cost down to be able to cut some of that out. I mean, I know it's made it a little bit harder for the drivers. It's just, we just show up and pretty much go race. But, you know, there's a, a new new time for everything, and we found out what we can do with and what we can do without. And we've made it work, and I think it's made the sport healthier. Well, we'll end it with this, man. I, I, I saw it firsthand. I'm watching that truck race – excuse me, watching the cup race at Bristol with a, a dude – who's a big Boston Celtics fan. We watched the Celtics game and went into, oh, right. uh, went into the, the, the cup race. And he would, he would know the difference between an Indy car and a cup car. And he's, we sat there as the longest cup race I've watched in a couple of years, but he sat there and he was blown away by it. And now, Hey Kitty, how do I get tickets for the finals in Phoenix? That, that's you, as a team owner and a driver, that's the crap you guys want. You want those new eyeballs to fill the seat to those, those folks that are falling off the back of the bleachers. 100%. Yeah, it, it, it makes it so much more fun and just electrifying when you can walk down pit road before a race and you see the grandstands filled and people are cheered. I mean, you, you can hear it. You can feel the electricity when people are at the racetrack. I mean, that's one thing when COVID was going on with no fans. It was just like a practice session. You know, it just it just feels so much different when the fans aren't there. So now that fans are back at the track and we're having great crowds and people are turning out and people are like Mike said earlier, they're big, able to experience our sport for the first time and, and see really how cool it is and be able to take it all in. I mean, there were a lot of people having a good time at Talladega last week and they may have been hurting a little bit on Monday, but they had a great time. <laughs> I guarantee you down there in Talladega, but it's been cool to see how many more people are, are watching our sport and turn, turning in to watch it. And um, I think you'd probably echo that, wouldn't you? 
Oh, absolutely. Getting brand new eyeballs on this sport is what's going to keep it going, you know? So, um, I think the sport tried it a, you know, a couple decades ago and it kind of was a mixed bag and, you know, now we're going about it in a better way, I feel like. And so it's just about growing the sport in a healthy way and getting more people interested in racing. And, um, you know, I think, I think we've, as a sport, we've done a lot better job. Well, drivers supposedly become soft when they get married. Uh, Myatt, has Jordan become soft in the last couple of weeks now that he's married? I know. It's like all the time soft. So, um, no, he's, he's, he's still the same guy. Still won't text me back. Oh, dude, text him back. That's your driver. I'm just giving a crap. I'll, I'll, I'll make a phone call before I do a text. I think I got like 394 unread text messages right now. So I'm, if you need to get me, call me. Yeah. Well, oh no, that's it. No, we are seriously in that that crossover era. Some people can't stand texting, while others can't stand talking on the phone. That's interesting to me. So you yeah. you would much rather prefer standing there on pit lane shouting into your phone because it's so damn loud out around you than just getting a text and saying yes or no. I'm an old soul, I guess. Yeah, Maya, so. which one are you? Text or phone? Wait, wait, wait. We, we're talking about phones. I don't know what you guys use. We are harping on Maya to switch over to an iPhone. He still has what is it, a Droid oh. or Android? Android, yes, Android. It's Samsung. So every video he takes looks like it was filmed on a potato. So we're trying to get capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm black. Does he have to do? Oh. Does he have to do this? He has to flip it. And, it does not flip. Actually, it does flip. It flips sideways. Look at it. Where's your phone at? Look, it flips that way. Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my potato. You know, if that's I did cool. that with an iPhone, it would just break. Yes, that's oh, true. That, that valid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see the battles coming. Hey, guys, I, I know it's tough to get both of you guys together, according to Myatt, but uh, this is awesome, man. I'm glad we're able to do it. We'll yes. see you around the track more often. Let's uh, let's get a win, God dang it, so we can get you in here Close. to celebrate a win, Myatt, all right? That's the goal. Fellas, uh, thank you guys very much. This has been awesome. Good luck to you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. See you. <laughs>